0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An engaging conversation coming over this next hour about money and purposeful living. Well, for some of us, it's a challenge getting our heads and hearts around the idea of generosity in light of God's abundance. Now, you might know people who have caught the idea of blessing, gratitude, enjoyment, security and sharing as things that characterize the various aspects of life. Well, our two special guests today are able to reflect on really the deeper stuff, the research that shows that generosity actually promotes happiness, health and personal living, purposeful living. And what's more, they've written together a free ebook that you'll be able to download today. It's called Purposeful Living Financial Wisdom from All of Life. It is just released this week. In fact, it might be just released today. The authors are Dr. Gary Hoag, who's renowned as the generosity monk. You might recall we had a conversation with Gary just some weeks back here on 2020. He's a New Testament scholar. He's a visiting professor at six seminaries, he's an expert on biblical teachings related to money, and he champions the faithful administration of God's work around the world. Our second guest today is Tim McCready. Tim is Chief Investment Officer for Christian Super here in Australia, and he's the winner of multiple awards for Strategies in Impact Investing. Well, it's our special privilege to have both Gary and Tim on the line with us as we straddle the Pacific Ocean today. Gary is in Denver, Colorado, and Tim is in Sydney, Australia. Special welcome to you, Gary. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be with you again. And Tim in Sydney, welcome along.
1: A pleasure to be
0: with you, Neil. And Now, this is the first release of this e-book to anyone anywhere in the world. Uh, It deals with seven major ways we relate to money. Uh, Let me come to you first, Gary, uh, with so far as the way that this book has come together, because you guys are not the only authors. You've drawn together 42 trusted Christian experts from all over the world. Gary, how has this book come together?
2: Sure. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to share this story. Christian Super reached out to me and said their desire is to help Aussie Christians live life with financial health and understanding, not just with with their super, but with all of life. So they reached out to me and said, can you help us pull together a group of Christian financial professionals, of professors who are experts on this topic, as well as practitioners to speak to the various ways that people relate to money. And so it was my privilege, whether in the United States, the United Kingdom, across Australia, to engage experts who could speak to those various areas. And I I pitched it to them as somewhat of a Macedonian call to come serve our brothers and sisters in Australia. And I was overwhelmed at the response. They were like, I'd love to contribute. I'd love to come together to a gathering in Los Angeles to contribute a a write-up. So each of these 42 participants gave us a three-page, clear, concise answer on a way that people relate to money.
0: Okay, and you've been able to compile those, and so the wisdom from all over the world is coming into this one e-book. Let me come to you, Tim McCready, uh, from Christian Super, and I should say up front that Christian Super did commission this book. So it is a Christian Super-style book, and Christian Super stands somewhat separately to a lot of other financial organisations, and you deal with a lot of superannuation-type uh, financial issues, but this project about purposeful living by Christian super assumes that a whole lot of people are living without purpose. Uh, Tim McCready what is this idea people living without purpose I, I think that
1: um, the, the world has a lot to say about purpose um, but, but a lot of it doesn't really resonate when you when you try to put the world's wisdom into practice and I think people uh, find the world's wisdom wanting. Um, what we've tried to do here is draw together biblically-rooted wisdom for life and, and purpose that can serve uh, anyone who wants to engage with it, um, and particularly Christians who are looking to live out God's purpose on their, on their life. Uh, we're not saying that uh, people aren't already living it. We, we think that at whatever point someone is on their Christian journey, um, there's a way to understand and to put into practice God's purposes for our lives, um, and when it comes to money, we think there's a lot of different ways that we can uh, we can do this. And ultimately, if we understand what God wants us to understand about money uh, and about full, finan- uh, full faithful financial stewardship in all of life, that it will bring great joy and peace and contentment.
0: And, Tim, when we talk about a call to faithful financial stewardship in all of life, obviously that sometimes is easier to talk about than it is easier to do. Uh, But there are seven major ways that people relate to money, and it's these seven major ways that really make up what this book's all about.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, There's different things that we can do with money. There's different ways that we obtain money. Um, and, and it all boils down to uh, we think these seven different uh, seven different ways so we we earn money, um, we then have choices about how to allocate that money, uh, we give money away, we save money for the future, uh, we share with others, um, we influence those around us in the way that we think and use money, uh, and ultimately we serve with money instead of serving money and so those seven ideas of earning allocating giving saving, sharing, influencing, and serving uh, are what we've tried to capture in this book.
0: Gary Hogue, let me bring you in for a comment here because we talk about those seven ways that we uh, we talk about money. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are lots more and you can get very sophisticated, but these are the main ones that uh, you, can really, uh, you can really sort of create a bit of a skeleton and then you can add to that your understanding as it grows. Yeah, what
2: was rewarding for Tim and I was to map those seven areas and then to suggest what are the burning questions people are asking related to those seven areas. And then we pose those to our 42 participants. In other words, there are six short essays, so they're only like three pages long that, that relate to these seven areas. And when we pose those burning questions to experts, they were keen to give us clear, concise answers, which we just found we just kept reading and finding, wow, that's a cracker. And now you read this one. And, and so we're eager to share this gold with others freely.
0: And uh, it is a free ebook. I'll give the website in just a few moments where you can get a hold of this free ebook and download it today. Let me come to you, Tim, because the way we usually uh, get access to sources of where we find purpose, uh, you know, perhaps it's from newspapers, magazines, uh, maybe it's the books that we might find on sale at a bookstore. People get self help books. I mean, these are huge industries that people are buying these things and looking for purpose in their lives people will go to all sorts of conferences looking for motivational speakers who have just that right answer for just the right time for their next step forward but you've brought into this whole thing a biblical purpose Uh, tim what are your thoughts on a biblical purpose as it is opposed to or in contrast to some of these other more secular purposes
1: Uh, much much of what we see in the secular world when it comes to money uh it's it's about accruing wealth uh, it's about hoarding for the future, storing for the future, um, and it's, it's about security. But when when we look at the Bible, we, we see that the Bible teaches that security comes from God, not from what we own. We see that the Bible teaches us that we can't serve two masters, we can't serve God and money at the same time. We, we see God's Word telling us that in, in almost every area, our attitude towards money is is to be different to that of the world. And I think that's something that almost every Christian wrestles with their entire life. What, what does it mean to put into practice God's purposes when it comes to money? Because ultimately we believe that when people do that, uh, as I said, they, they become more content, they become more joyful, um, and, and they, they have a deeper understanding of what it means to trust God. Um, and so we, we want to contrast in this book the world's wisdom uh, which is kind of gather as much as you can, uh, spend spend as much as you can, in, enjoy everything that money can bring you and, and trust in money for your security. We want, we want to contrast that with uh, God's perspective which is that our security comes from him and there's great joy in being generous as well as enjoying for ourselves what God has entrusted to us.
0: Gary Hogue, when you're writing a book like this and you want it to be as widely distributed as possible and so uh, you've got this free ebook, and i'll give the address in just a few moments where people can get a hold of it uh, but this is not necessarily all uh you know in uh, biblical jargon you've actually aimed to make this practical without being preachy how important is it the way that you communicate uh, when you're talking money to actually talk in the way that people will understand rather than sort of a highfalutin type language
2: yeah well you you hit the nail on the head. Our aim in this was to be creative and Christian, uh practical without preachy, and in a day and age where people are reading less and less to give them clear and concise answers that um, are both thoughtful and yet um, not so heavenly minded that they're not any the earthly good and so we we believe that each of these um, forty two contributions are such that um, a person getting them reading one of them could share with a coworker whether or not they 're a follower of Jesus Christ and help them see light in the way in which um, they relate to money. The, the first of which, in other words, we opened this book with the topic of earning, and we did that, uh, Neil, because where people spend the most of their time, the most of their waking moments is at work. And if we don't have a biblical understanding of earning, our lives are going to be a wreck. For instance, there are people out there who are thinking about work as compensation, and we, we love in a concise manner to help them shift from thinking about work just as compensation to thinking about it in terms of contribution. It's very common for someone to say, oh, I, I hate my job, you know, and, and when we lean into that with them, we say, well, well, tell us about what you do, and they say, well, I, I took this job because I need money, and at that point, they've revealed to us that they follow the world's way of thinking, which is work equals compensation, whereas when we look at God's design for earning, earning is a byproduct of us contributing. So work is contribution. It's us using our unique gifts and talents to make a difference, and a byproduct of that is is compensation. But when we contribute using our gifts, what happens? We actually find joy in our work, but we don't find our identity in our work, and we don't Uh, become people who just work to make an income does that make
0: sense neil it surely does and i know listeners will know it makes sense too when we go to work it's about a contribution not just earning compensation a biblical perspective on life culture and current events this is 2020 on vision christian radio Two special guests, Dr. Gary Hogue, renowned as the Generosity Monk, a New Testament scholar, and Tim McCready, Chief Investment Officer for Christian Super here in Australia. We're talking about a brand new free ebook you can download. It's all about money and purposeful living. And we're wanting to work our way through some of these seven areas and inviting listeners to be part of our conversation, you can join our TalkBack conversation on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 or you can leave a comment or a question on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. We started briefly talking about earning, but uh, let's come to earning and how that uh, is connected with the idea of allocating. Uh, Gary, what are your thoughts on allocating or how we make decisions with what we've earned? Sure, as God
2: supplies through our work, the first thing we like to remind people to think of is that it's all God's. And so budgeting or allocating becomes not just a financial exercise, but a spiritual one. In other words, our work is actually putting to work what God has supplied in a way that brings Him honor and upholds our Christian values. And so in this segment of the book, we like to help people understand that we want to uh, resist unnecessary bargains, um, and, and like to say that... uh Bargain is something we won't use at a price we can't resist, but instead to learn contentment and to learn to pray about major purchases. And so allocating is really about learning to spend in a way that reflects God's heart and desires.
0: As we get into this conversation, I'm going to ask you about some of the areas that we might find our greatest weaknesses in, because if we're talking about seven areas, some of those for each of us might be strong, and some might be weak. We'll get to that shortly, though. But Tim, as we work through the seven areas here, uh, what does the book aim to communicate about the idea of giving, and uh, and what does it not communicate?
1: So. As, as we put the book together, what we want to communicate about giving is that we think giving is an immensely powerful tool to break the hold that money has over many of our lives. Um, as I said, the the Bible tells us that we can only serve one master, um, and and we, we kind of see giving like prayer. We we pray because we need to express dependence on God, and we need to to seek that relationship with Him and talk to talk to our heavenly Father. God God doesn't need our money. He created the entire universe. We we don't give because somehow God has a lack that He needs us to fill. We give because it's an expression of trusting God to provide. When when we give, we're essentially saying, God, we're trusting you. I trust you that I, I don't need this because I trust in you to provide. And and we want to help ourselves, help others to move from the idea of giving as, as, as law from the Old Testament to, to giving as an act of love, as an expression of the relationship that we have with God and the love that he's shown for us.
0: Gary, let me bring you in on giving before we move on because this is an area that you love to talk about and I'm just interested in this idea, the connection between giving and not hoarding and the way that happiness comes into uh, to this whole equation. Uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, powerful notion of giving and uh, with generosity? Well, I'll
2: tell you, what we like to help people see in this section is that, Um, the world looks at the opposite of what God looks at related to giving. The world often looks at um, how much a person gives, and so they celebrate that big check with a photo op, when in reality God looks at how much we keep and what that says about our heart and where our trust is. And so what we really seek to define is expressions in the New Testament, like what does it mean to be rich toward God? Because so many people hear the world's media telling them, what it means to be rich in the world. And so we want to turn turn that upside down thinking right side up by showing them that God cares where we give, by showing them how we can beat pride in our giving, and how we can actually make sure our, our generosity is generous by making sure that it reflects uh, the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, let's work our way through these seven. The fourth area in the book is saving and investing. And Tim McCready, this is an area, and I did say this book was commissioned by Christian Super. And uh, for people who are are a little bit familiar with Christian Super, you have this idea of ethical uh, investing. Uh, But you like to talk about impact investing. Uh, What does all that mean?
1: When we talk about impact investing, we're talking about using, using the assets that God's given us uh, in ways that save for the future, that invest, so, so they generate a financial return. But they also generate a positive impact for society and the environment. They, they promote human flourishing and creation care. Uh, and it's one of the areas that we at Christian Super have been working deeply on for the last decade. Finding ways as I said of investing to make a good financial return but also to change people's lives for the better uh, and so it might be investing in things like education or healthcare. Uh, we have investments in uh, providing foster care support to children here in New South Wales uh, and in Queensland um, supporting homeless people, uh, microfinance microinsurance, all, all those kinds of things we, we think that even as we save as we invest we can be doing part of doing god's work uh, even while our money is sitting saving for the
0: future okay let's go with uh, the next one the fifth area of these seven areas is the idea of sharing tim this is your area too uh, when we talk about the community element of purposeful living uh, sharing what's so big and what's so good about that
1: one of the fascinating practices that we see in the early church is is a Uh, a desire to share with those who have need, um, to use that which God has entrusted for the common good and for the good of um, those who have needs within the church. Um, And we think that that sort of... Attitude is distinctive about the early church and, and can be distinctive about the church today. Um, and so in, in the book we explore how, how we think about sharing, how our attitudes towards money can be a witness to a watching world that has a very different attitude, and, and how the, the way as Christians that we use and are willing to share our possessions Um, with those who have need, whether that's financially, whether that's cooking a meal for someone, whether that's showing hospitality, whether that's um, sharing the the physical goods that God has entrusted to us. Um, Our attitude there are so different from the world and so attractive when when the world sees the contentment and the joy and the generosity that we can have because of the generosity and the love that God has shown us. And so we explore things like, what what does it look like to remember the poor as we're called to do in Galatians? Um, how How do we handle money as a church? How do we build relationships that are life-giving and life-affirming and, and use our financial resources in, in that kind of a way?
0: And a huge dimension that goes unattended so often, the idea that sharing generously is all about those life-giving relationships for our own selves, for our families and then into the broader community as well. Gary Hogue, let me talk to you about the sixth one on the list and that is the idea of influencing or helping people develop a biblical mindset. What's so special about influencing in a generous way?
2: Well, as we think about these topics that Tim's just articulated, the ideas of Giving or saving and investing and sharing. As we think about passing on these, this way of thinking and these values to others, whether they be our children or those around us, we could immediately fall into the trap of, say, legalism or rules. And instead, um, we take a, a very gracious approach and say the first thing we need to do is share from our own spiritual journeys and our own uh, lessons that we've learned how to receive from God first so we learn what it means to be a giver and that everything came to us from God. From there, we like to help people understand that to develop a biblical mindset that shapes their generosity, we need to be people who listen keenly to what Jesus instructs us, and our tendency is to hear Jesus and not do because his teaching sounds so different from the world, and yet when we hear and do, we start realizing we We figure it out as we live it out, and so we find that influencing or helping the next generation grasp these biblical ideas, such as contentment, in a world that seems unsatisfied at every turn, we do it by imparting what we've learned from our own lives to them, and and in so doing, we reproduce ourselves in the fruitful stewards we serve.
0: And Gary, the last section in the book is all about serving and uh, what's so important about serving because I imagine that when we talk about all these areas, yes, money's involved. Uh, A quick uh, outline on what serving is and why it's so important.
2: Sure. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, we have to learn to serve. And sometimes it takes us a lifetime to figure that out. And so this section keenly hones in on uh, what Christian Super likes to call purposeful retirement. If the world says that retirement is a season of self-indulgence, this section really helps people understand that perhaps the greatest works that God's prepared in advance for us to do have been prepared for us in the season when we're closest to our eternal home. And so in this last section of the book, we give people keys to preparing for a purposeful retirement that that is largely different from the world's narrative.
0: And Tim, when we talk about uh, purposeful retirement, uh, we might assume that you're talking to people who are maybe over 50 and heading towards retirement years and making those sorts of plans for a purpose. But I imagine that the purposefulness starts from the time when you've finished school or university and you're into a career and in the workforce. That's when purposeful retirement planning starts.
1: Very much so. We're, we're blessed in Australia to have a superannuation system that, that essentially forces us to start preparing for retirement um, 50, 50 years in advance, um, a system that's been around for, for 20 or 20, 30 years now. Um, but that, that thoughtfulness about what gifts God has given me and how I can use them across my entire life is something that we're really passionate about. There's, there's 27,000 Australians who trust us, with their retirement savings and, and what we want to see for them is is a smooth journey to retirement where they're financially provided for, but more than that, a sense of purpose and meaning in retirement where they can use the gifts that God's given them, where they can use 50 or 60 years of experience and um, and in many... Tim,
0: I've got to cut in in because we're about to go to news. Tim's in Australia, Gary's in the US. Uh, Tim, let me come to you first uh, just uh, talking about savings. There's a temptation, isn't there, to spend what we earn and live to our means. When we talk about savings, I imagine that means being a little bit disciplined to put some money away for the needs for the future. What are your thoughts on the challenges that we have for savings?
1: Well, The the research tells us that uh, in in countries like Australia and the US we we don't just live to our means, we often live well beyond them. Um, We're accruing debt through credit cards and personal loans at ever increasing rates. Um, and, and for many, the question of saving actually starts with well how, how do I get out of debt um, which which of course uh, debt makes it difficult to live with the sort of freedom that be, we think is god 's plan for for people 's life um, and then then it comes to well how how do I save how do i uh postpone gratification how do i uh, deny myself now so that i can have what what i want in the future and then of course there's all sorts of challenges around uh, how much is too much to save how little is too little to save and and so we find that people really wrestle with both the question of how they ought to save of, of what they ought to save for and how much and and also with the practicalities of making day-to-day decisions that enable them to save for the future
0: gary let me bring you in here because when we talk about savings and there's a discipline required for that sometimes we think that we control the money but oftentimes it's the fact that the money can Controls us. Uh, I think you mentioned in the first segment just a little while ago. You can't serve two masters. What are your thoughts on being disciplined when it comes to uh, these aspects of handling our finances?
2: Well, when it comes to saving, whether I'm uh, teaching a seminary course or talking to um, a group of people, I like to define word saving biblically as simply living within our means so we have margin for uh, accomplishing God's purposes. That might be margin to be the Good Samaritan. That might be, I mean, imagine uh, Jesus uh, gives us, tells us the most important commandment is to love God and love our neighbor. And when they ask, what does it mean to love our neighbor? He tells the story of that Good Samaritan. Imagine if the Samaritan that day did not have margin, did not live within his means to have those resources necessary to accomplish God's purposes at that moment, to show love, to help get that person back on their feet so they could be fruitful. What's so beautiful about that picture alone is it encompasses many of these aspects of purposeful living. He had margin. He used that margin to help someone else, to help them get back on their feet so they could become fruitful. And so what we like to do is to just help people see a biblical perspective on these topics, such as saving, live within our means, so we have margin, to uh, live, give, serve, and love richly, is, is something that's almost foreign to many people. And so we've tried to paint a picture with this ebook to help them see themselves in the story.
0: You can't respond to a purposeful life unless you get disciplined about your money. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts with this idea of getting disciplined about the way that you use your money?
1: We, one of the things we explore in the e-book is this idea of what budgeting looks like for Christians and, and why, uh, as Gary said earlier, why budgeting is actually a spiritual discipline. God has entrusted us with assets and, and income. Um, and budgeting is simply the process of seeking to discern from God what He wants us to do with that. Of course, He wants us to provide for our families. He wants us to give to those who are in need. Uh, he wants us to enjoy His blessings. Uh, and He wants us to uh, be be generous and to prepare for the future, um, but one of the challenges that we have is that firstly, it's it's hard to plan. It, it's hard to to know to discern what God wants us to do with our money, um, and then putting it into practice is hard because we're bombarded with messages, uh, minute by minute, that tell us we need the, the newest thing, we, we, uh, we need to buy this, we need to purchase that. Uh, and so one of the disciplines that we, I think, can learn when it comes to uh, discerning how to structure what God's given us is is this virtue of contentment. Paul, Paul says that he, he learned this over time, he learned how to be content um, with, a, with lots or with little. Uh, and if we can learn that as well, then this discipline around budgeting and, and understanding how to use our money uh, becomes a lot easier.
0: Uh, Gary, let me come to you to talk about the way that our identity seems to be formed by the way we think about our money. because. Uh, not only is it our work but it's the way we allocate that money when it comes to uh, through our through our hands and uh, to whatever we're spending it on but when it comes to our work people build an identity around that around their work and uh, you'd like to bring a biblical idea to the way that we typically do things what what are your thoughts on on our work and our identity and what happens when we apply a biblical principle to that
2: so the average person, it's very common when we introduce ourselves to one another, um, the average person tends to lead with asking the question, so what do you do? And that's very common because the cultural norm, whether in America or Australia, is often to find our identity in our work. And what we, what we address early on in the ebook is that when our identity is rooted in Christ rather than in our work, here's what happens our work actually becomes the place where we bring the unique talents and abilities that God has given us, and we bring that to the table because our identity is in Christ, work becomes our place of worship. So not only is work not just about compensation, getting money, but contribution, me making an impact where God has uniquely placed me, but it becomes my act of worship, and so my life, how I spend the bulk of my time each week— is an act of worship, my work being done as unto the Lord and not for human masters, becomes a beautiful testimony to the world that there's something different about me based on Uh, the fact that I don't see my identity in my work, but my identity is found in Jesus Christ.
0: Of course, what most of us want to do is separate church from work. We do church on Sunday. On Monday, we get up and we go to work, and we somehow or other think those things are separated. And I imagine that there's something significant that has to happen uh, in the lives of Christian believers uh, to have a deeper appreciation of what it is to make your work an act of, worship. Uh, I imagine that this is something that you must struggle with when you're uh, training people in seminaries and those sorts of things as to how you apply a Christian view of work uh, in the in the families that that they'll be ministering to. Uh, this is a major area and we can sort of paddle around in the shallows and keep the two separate. But what you're, I, I imagine, encouraging is for people to dive out into the deep water and say that your work is actually an act of worship and, and God is there in your workplace. It's almost like an extension of your local church.
2: That's exactly right. So we, we start with a great reading by Amy Sherman called What Does It Mean to Integrate Our Faith in Our Work? And then there's another great question that's answered in the first section on earnings, uh, and the question is, does it matter how we earn our income? Because when we get out into that deep water, as you call it, we start realizing that that um, how we earn our income is far beyond the question of our actual behavior at work. It moves to the question of even the nature of our work, and maybe how does the nature of our work reflect our Christian faith. And so people start coming to the realization that perhaps god has put me in this place that that he's given me to work to demonstrate my faith in in not only what i do but how i do it and how it fits within the larger framework of life
0: Gary, stay with us for a second here because when we're earning our income and using our income, sometimes I've got to say in Christian life uh, you've got this encouragement coming from Christian leaders uh, to always just uh, give your income uh, into good causes I might say and whether they're Christian causes or good causes that help the poor but there's this idea that somehow or other as a clever and sound uh investor someone who is a steward with that money there has to be this real uh, extra dimension of being smart about the way you're using your money which also uh, goes to the way that you increase that money by clever investment what are your thoughts there when it comes to uh, when we talk about you know a church separate to work work being a place of worship and the idea of actually uh, accumulating wealth as well
2: one of our uh, one of our contributors uh, answers that question well by raising people's sights in an integrated fashion to talk about the fact that we we steward God's resources in every area of life, and He uses the acronym for life as L standing for labor, I our influence or our relationships, F our finances, and E our expertise. And so, in drilling down on that than have this disconnected faith that that maybe lives this secular uh, life during the week and then maybe a, a Christian faith on, on the weekend what what comes into view as is all all aspects of our lives that is our our labor the work that God's given us the influence whether it's in our interpersonal relationships related to our occupation or elsewhere the handling of our Finances and the very expertise he's given us; these are all entrusted to us, so it, so that we can reflect um, life that is that we've taken hold of something different than the world says is is what matters, and so our 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 very living in an integrated fashion reflects um, belief in God's abundance. <laughs>
0: Tim McCready, when we talk about the way that we use our finance, I've got to just compliment Christian Super here because you have this ethical investment plan and uh, you're doing that at a corporate level uh, and that's something that actually is a little bit of a leadership uh, way of saying to people this is a a way to talk about ethical investing it needs to actually uh, filter down into all of the aspects of our life. What are your thoughts, Tim? It's, it's
1: been a real privilege at Christian Super to explore that over the last 15 years. Um, and, and one of the things that we find is as as we've pursued this idea of ethical investing, this idea that as as Christians we care about what our money is doing today... As it's being saved for our future, um, and and that means we care about the negative impacts that our investments might have, and and so at Christian Super we we go to great care to to not invest in things that are harmful to people and creation, but we also care about the positive impact that our investment can have along the way, and so we take care to invest in things that actually produce good outcomes for people and and for God's creation. Um, and one of the fascinating things is when when the world looks at Looks at that. You mentioned earlier that we've won a number of awards because of our ethical and responsible investing. When the world looks at that, it sees God's way of using money as attractive, even though it can't understand why. And so part of what we do is to help our 27,000 members steward for a purposeful and faithful retirement. But then as we do that, we get this opportunity to witness to a watching world about how when as Christians we use money differently, we can still make a return, we can still do very well for our members in providing for them, but we can do it in a way that is redemptive and distinctively Christian, and the world sees it and and likes it.
0: Gary Hoag is on the line with us from Denver, Colorado, and Tim McCready is in Sydney, Australia. We're talking about a new book. It's a free ebook called Purposeful Living, Financial Wisdom from All of Life. And you can download it right now at the Christian Super website, christiansuper.com.au forward slash ebook. Let's take a call. Linda is on the line from Perth in Australia. Hello, Linda. Welcome along.
3: Hello. How are you going?
0: Good, thanks, Linda. What are your thoughts for our conversation?
3: Well, I'd just like to say um, I'm very excited listening to the conversation because it's an area of interest, so I'd say well done to both the guys. I think it's a great project, and I'm keen to read the book. Um, I guess my um, thing is that is there plans for the next step of a book that you were just talking about then along the lines of, um, when we're investing outside of super, giving us guidelines as to how to assess, um, you know, ethical investments, how to be a good steward with our investments to ensure that we are investing in um, good things, I guess, you know, because obviously people invest in their superannuation, but they would have other investments outside of that as well. So I suppose just sharing information about how to go about finding the right
0: kind of investments, I suppose. Tim McCready, let's come to you on uh, Linda's question there. Uh, When we talk about ethical investments, uh, your thoughts on how you make an assessment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is a question that we love to have Um, And and we're really excited about the the way that there's more and more interest in this, just as you've got people starting to make conscious decisions in their spending to to support fair trade initiatives, um, things like the the Baptist World Aid uh, clothing shopping guide um, that help us to make wise, ethical decisions as we spend, we're excited about starting to talk more and more about how we make wise, ethical decisions as we invest. Um, Christian Super has some information on its website about what what we think that looks like in terms of the things we do and don't invest in. And anyone who wants more details can can call into our call center or have a look at our website. Um, But I I just encourage that that more and more people are are wrestling with this and understanding that as Christians, we have influence not just as we give, but as we spend and as we save and invest as well. And when we do that in a way that reflects our Christian values, uh, again, it, it shows the world that we're different and it shows the world that money does not have the power over us Uh, that it has over many in our society
0: While we've got Linda on the line Gary Hogue, when we talk about a growing maturity as a Christian, I imagine this Christian worldview that's developing in our minds enables us to make a more mature judgement about the things that we're investing in and so the ethics come to how we apply our Christian faith to the things that we understand about where we're putting our money
2: That's right so, Linda, um, thinking that you would have a question like that, we have one of our contribu- contributors answered the question, why do people invest, and what motivation should drive Christians in this area? Because we want you to be aware of perhaps what the world's messages are going to bombard you with with regarding to saving and investing, and be able to discern the difference and think for yourselves. So it'd be, it'd be one thing if we gave you a prescriptive answer and we just said, do this, do this, and do this. But what we want to do in this ebook is help you know how to think so that when you're having those lunchtime conversations with your colleagues, you can use that humble language that says, I'm learning when I invest. To, to look at things from this perspective instead of this perspective. In other words, to look at things not just based on greed and fear, which drive many investment managers around the world, but think about how God's uniquely equipped me to make a contribution and contribute to um, both human flourishing and contribute to investments that um, are, are sensitive to things like creation care.
0: Linda in Western Australia, thank you so much for your call today and running out of time now, just a few minutes remaining. Gary Hoag, as we talk about this new ebook and uh, encouraging people today to download it, it is free. Now, the website to go to uh, is christiansuper.com.au and uh, just simply forward slash ebook and you'll be able to download that free ebook today. Gary, I wanted to come back to what is something foundational when it comes to Christians and our finances. You mentioned a little earlier the idea of being rich towards God. Uh, sometimes we think of our money and the desire that is in us and what we're driven to with all the marketing programs uh, to get rich and to feel happy because we are rich Uh, this idea of richness towards God this is something I know that you love to talk about as we end on something of a high note uh, 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 this idea of richness towards God what are your encouraging words for listeners today?
2: Sure, from the e-book I'd give you four tips to, um, to try to discover the answer of what it means to be rich toward God. The first is to exercise humility. Um, it's easy to be proud and think that we're a self-made person, but Deuteronomy 8.18 reminds us that God gives us the ability to produce wealth. So start with exercising humility. From there, cultivate contentment. Um, as the saying goes, we live in one of two tents. Either we're content or we're discontent. And the reality is much of the world is discontent and bombarding us with messages telling us if we buy this or do that, we'll find contentment. What we really need to ask the question of ourselves is when we see these these uh, material purchases dangling in front of us, is is this a need or is this a greed? And so start by exercising humility. Second, cultivate contentment. Third, practice generosity. You really don't figure it out till you live it out that God's put you on this round ball called earth not just to accumulate, but to um, to distribute, to to be a conduit of blessing that enjoys and shares God's blessing. And we do that, fourthly, by forwarding treasure. In other words, we don't store it up here, we store it up there. As the famous uh, quote goes, um, you can't take riches with you, but you can send them on ahead. And uh, I think it was Jim Elliott who said, uh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And so Being rich toward God is about exercising humility, cultivating contentment, practicing generosity and forwarding treasure to heaven.
0: Great insights today and reflecting on the evidence and the research that shows that generosity actually promotes happiness, health and purposeful living. We've been talking about a new free e-book that you can download today. In fact, it is just released this week. It's called Purposeful Living financial wisdom from all of life the two uh, who are on the phone with us today and of course there's lots of people around the world who've contributed to this free ebook that you can download today but our guests have been dr gary hoag who's been on the line with us from denver colorado and tim mccready the chief executive uh, chief investment officer for christian super here in australia who's been on the line with us from sydney this is the first release of this ebook to anywhere and to anyone in the world uh, it it deals with the seven major ways we relate to money. I think you'll find it very enlivening, and I think uh, you'll find it uh, an, a real encouragement to your own finances and the way you think about uh, the way that you think about your finances in relation to God. ChristianSuper.com.au forward slash e book. That's where you can download that uh, to both our guest, Gary, and to Tim. Thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
1: Thanks so much, Neil. Thank you.
0: Before you go, thanks for listening.
1: There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.